You've just tuned into Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Welcome back to Beyond Your Past. I'm your host, Matt Pappas, certified life coach specializing in overcoming anxiety and trauma recovery. And this podcast is all about helping you move forward from what holds you back. Each week, you'll hear from coaches, clinicians, and advocates who've overcome tremendous odds and are now using their journey to inspire you throughout yours. This is your place to feel validated and encouraged as you take your life back and live free from your past. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, greetings, my friend, and thanks so much for taking some time out of your day to tune into the show, and I hope that this episode inspires and encourages you on your own journey. Big shout out if you're listening to the podcast for the very first time. I hope that you'll enjoy it and perhaps consider checking out some other episodes as well. And for those of you who are regular listeners, you guys all rock. You're all amazing, and I always appreciate the support so very much. A big thank you to my amazing sponsors, inlpcenter.org, offering world-class online neurolinguistic programming and life coach training to people in over 70 countries. I'm honored to be able to receive my certifications from INLP Center and utilize their research and incredible training programs. And to daily recovery support, interactive daily group calls in a safe atmosphere for survivors of complex trauma, equipping you with the skills and information you can use every single day in your healing journey. Learn more about this affordable resource and get signed up at cptsdfoundation.org. If you find these podcasts helpful, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing it with your friends. That would be so awesome, and I would definitely appreciate it. So today I'm honored to be joined by special guest Jeremy Schneider. Jeremy is a marriage and family therapist and survivor of childhood trauma whose career spans more than 15 years of working with individuals and families, focusing on parenting, relationships, and mental health. His story and work has been featured on the Today Show, CNN, the New York Times, Sirius XM, the Washington Post, and many other high-profile outlets. In addition to being an accomplished speaker, he lives and works in New York City with his wife and two children. During our time on the podcast, Jeremy shares that at the very young age of just nine years old, he knew that he was going to be a therapist one day, and how an experience in grad school showed him that in order to help others, he first realized that he needed to help and understand himself. We cover some of the most challenging aspects about coming to terms with childhood trauma and also the rewards that come with putting in the hard work to heal. We discuss some of what still causes him to struggle today and how he overcomes those struggles and how his daily commute to work inspired him to write fatherhood in 40 minute snapshots and how that experience of writing has changed his life. All this and so much more with the incredible Jeremy Schneider on the podcast starting right now. So, hey, Jeremy, welcome to Beyond Your Past. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. And I am equally excited to have you here on the show. Um, When your um, assistant reached out to me, I was reading over your website and I had seen some links to your work uh, previously through social media. So I was somewhat familiar with you. But um, today we're going to talk about your book and your work and some of the story that you like to share. Um, But before we get into all that good stuff, why don't we take a minute? You can introduce yourself so everybody knows who exactly you are. Sure. I'm Jeremy Schneider. Uh, I was born in Philly. And uh, ever since nine years old, I uh, wanted to be a therapist and uh, was able to get that dream. I got my master's in marriage and family therapy uh, in my uh, mid-20s and uh, 
been just fascinated in trying to help people. Um, you know, one of my things is I, I like to talk about how, you know, if we can kind of increase our own sense of self-awareness, our own sense of self-understanding of who we are and why we do what we do, we're able to better able to grow as people, partners, and parents. And so I think that's kind of what my mission is. That's really what I'm focusing on. Uh, I've been writing about my family and my kids and my experiences as a dad for uh, over 14 years now. And I think we'll probably discuss it a little bit, but I recently published my first book. It's called Fatherhood in 40 Minutes Snapshots. Absolutely. Yes. We will definitely talk about your book and your work, and I'm very interested in it. So I got to ask, though, this question, too. So what drove you to to really uh, want to become a therapist um, at such a young age? Because I know I'll tell you, when I was nine, I think I probably wanted to grow up and like my life's goal was was to play with with uh, matchbox cars. So maybe you can share a little bit about, um, you know, the reasons perhaps there were goals or, or you know, excuse me, the reasons or maybe something in your life that kind of drove you to uh, pursue a field of being a therapist. Well, let's just be clear. I also played with Matchbox cars. So I, Okay, you know, good. All I, right, good. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved Matchbox cars. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I knew from a, an early age I wasn't having a sort of typical childhood. And I think on some level, I understood that there was going to be work I needed to do in order to get myself to a better place. Uh, and I think a lot of that sort of stemmed from this belief that, you know, I can help other people maybe. And uh, that's really what I was thinking. I mean, I don't think I really knew what the word therapist was at nine yet, but I knew that I wanted to be the guy that helped other people. And shortly thereafter, I learned what a therapist was, and that kind of crystallized in my head what I wanted to be. And it was, you know, honestly, the thing that got me through high school and it got me through college uh, and grad school was really amazing because it, it was like, this is what I've been thinking about. These are all of the ways that families interact and the effects that parents have on kids and so on and so forth was just so fascinating to me. Uh, and I, 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 I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it, it, it is amazing to have that kind of awareness, um, you know, when you're so young. And I came to a similar conclusion, obviously, a lot later on in life that I wanted to be in a role that was helping people, um, uh, specifically in the areas of anxiety and being a trauma survivor. And for me, the reasons, of course, were that, you know, things happened to me when I was a child. And then I didn't start to really kind of put two and two together as to what happened until about three decades later. So um, is there a parts of perhaps your story or being a survivor or something that kind of led you to believe that maybe your childhood wasn't a typical childhood or maybe there was something that was kind of pushing you towards a helping type of role? You know, it's interesting. I think later on, you know, when I, after I graduated from grad school, one of those kind of raw moments of insight that you can get, right, was this realization that I I didn't even necessarily go to grad school. I went, so I, you know, I, I went for a marriage and family therapy degree. So I really went to, ended up feeling like I went to grad school in order to really understand my own family, that it was this sort of self-healing process that I wasn't even conscious of. You know, I, here I was thinking that I was learning this in order to help other people. And I think obviously I was, but a big part of it was also I needed to learn this in order to be able to help myself. 
you know, there was so much that had gone on in my childhood that I didn't understand or was interpreting in a way that was so much more harmful to myself. And sort of learning the theoretical and relational dynamic aspects of parenting and families was very powerful for me. And I almost sort of wish it was like required reading, you know, for for people, because I think sort of understanding the role that parents play in our lives, the role that other family members play in our lives and how it affects us both positively and negatively, I think could be really valuable for a lot of people to help them open their eyes a little bit and be able to say, oh, wait a second, maybe the reason I feel this way or I react this way is not because there's something wrong with me, but maybe something wrong with the way that I was raised. And once you start like lifting up that box, right, and sort of peeking behind what's inside there, you know, it it's terrifying and, and can be a pretty traumatic experience in and of itself, but it also opens you up to potential you didn't even dream was possible. And I think you, I think you understand that certainly. I think that's something that I really learned to, to understand and, and certainly something I really hope to help other people see that, yes, it's terrifying to face what you've been through. Absolutely. And I'm not ever going to lie about that, but there are real genuine life changing benefits when you do it. And I think that's the part that people don't really understand enough because how can you understand something you've never experienced? You know, it's like when my kids are saying, oh, I'm going to feel this way for the rest of my life. I'm like, well, you're almost 16, probably not going to feel this way for the rest of your life. It's not obnoxious. It's just when you're on the other side, it's a lot easier to see how things can change than when you're looking at it from the front. Yeah, I, I think it's so fascinating the way that you came towards this this uh, realization. Uh, I know for me, I came about it from the other end where I started to learn about my past. And as a result, I'm like, wait a minute, I can use this to help other people. And And as I was working through it, I began to do what you were mentioning was that, and although it's hard and it's still hard at times, is it's not that there's something wrong with me or that I'm broken, but there's something that was wrong with the way I was raised. There was something that happened to me that wasn't my fault. And that that opened right. up a lot of doors of healing, a lot of ways to be more compassionate to myself, you know, uh, have more self, self, uh, or to be more kind to myself, to give myself a break. And, you know, I spent so much of my life beating myself up, like, oh my God, why am I so broken? What's wrong with me? Why am I being bullied? All these things. And when you see that when something happened to you in your younger years, it affects you years later, it really kind of takes you off the hook, right? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's absolutely true. And I, I, you know, it's interesting that the only, only concern I have with the phrase takes you off the hook is, yes, it absolves you of that sense of fault. Unfortunately, it still leaves us, and obviously you've dealt with this already, but it leaves us with the sense of responsibility to do something about it. And I think that's been one of the most challenging things uh, about kind of coming to terms with uh, a traumatic childhood and how it affects us is that it's not just that this is what happened to us and that we have to deal with the consequences and side effects of it, but it's that as adults, even though this is what happened to us as kids, as adults, 
we have to remedy it, right? We're the ones that then have to do the work because of what happened to us. And I think that's the sort of unique cruelty, to be honest, about uh, childhood traumas or and, and any trauma, really. Trauma is something that happened to us that wasn't our fault, that we didn't do anything to warrant. And yet we're the ones that not only have to deal with the pain and, and heartache of that, but we also have to deal with the effort and work that we do to make our lives better, to make ourselves feel better. And I think some people are, are have a hard time being able to accept that level of responsibility because it's, it's unfair, frankly. Uh, and I certainly understand that. I just, you know, I keep trying to come back to the idea that I know firsthand, I've seen it with so many other people that when you face your past, you much freer than if you're trying to run from your past. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And you're right. It's worth uh, noting again, the clarification that, right. I mean, it leads us, it lets us off the hook in terms of we didn't bring this on ourselves. We didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with us that we invited this trauma, tragedy, whatever happened. But at the same time, you are right as well that nobody's going to heal for us, but us. And it's unfortunate and it sucks that we have to go through it. But, you know, the the point is, is nobody can do this hard work for us. We obviously seek out the help of therapists such as yourself or trauma-informed professionals to help make sense of it and understand why we feel the way we do and how it affects us and all these things. But ultimately, the helping professionals can give us the tools and the insight, but it's up to us to run with it, to apply it, to own it, and realize that the alternative is staying stuck and being miserable, right? And so we have to do something to advocate for ourselves. And I and I think the the point you're making is really a really good one. And I I just want to kind of jump on it for one more moment. It's, you know, the hardest part about, or one of the hardest parts about trauma is that we had to experience it alone, right? Something terrible happened to us, and when we're kids, we often can't. We don't have the language. We don't have a vocabulary. We don't maybe if if the, if the person who harmed us was someone very close to us, like a parent or other family member, there may be no one else we can talk to so that we are truly alone and isolated while going through this traumatic experience. But as adults, we do get to make a choice. Unlike we had when we were kids, we didn't have a choice of what happened to us. But as adults, we get to make the choice as to how we want to deal with it and also realize that we don't have to deal with it alone the same way we experienced it. We can reach out to professionals. We can have a support team of friends and family that can really help us. And I think, you know, there's so much still stigma associated with therapy, though I do think it's getting better. But, you know, a good therapist can make a world of difference. You know, I've worked with a a number of therapists in my life to work on my own stuff. And, you know, the the world changes when you have a good therapist on your team. And I think that's a, a really important way of thinking about it is that, yes, when we were kids, we were alone. When we were kids, we had no choice. When we were kids, we were helpless. But as adults, even though we feel that way left over from when we were kids, we aren't. We do have some control. We are empowered to take steps to help ourselves. And we can find other people who can help us. Yeah, that's so true. I tell you, 
had it not been for the amazing therapist that that I worked with for uh, quite a while, I don't, I don't know where I would be today. And you're right. I mean, having someone on your side, you know, who understands, who knows what it means, who can be everything that you need that you never had before is just absolutely so important. And when you find it, and it's not always easy to find that person, and it certainly doesn't happen the first time all the time. But man, when you do, it just having a good therapist on your side to to help you make sense of what happened and then to keep instilling in you that, Hey, you're not alone anymore. You're not going through this. It may have happened and you were alone, but now you're an adult. You've, you know, you've, you've made a choice to reach out for help. And that is something that I struggled with for a while, even though I had a good therapist, I'm like, yeah, but I'm still alone. Yeah. But, and I kept minimizing things and going down all kinds of trails, which I'm sure you're familiar with, but in (laughs) time with, with the continued work, it just, it opened up so many doors. Once I got to a point where I could embrace that somebody else actually cared, that somebody understood, and that it was important to actually talk about all this stuff. Yeah, it it a good therapist makes such a big difference. Indeed, indeed. So, so uh, obviously, as you mentioned, you've worked with a number of therapists in your life to work on your own stuff, and so now, of course, as an adult, as a father, as an author, a speaker, and how much of your past still affects you today? How much do you still struggle with certain things? Because uh, I know for me being at this healing uh, journey for a number of years, I still have days where I'm just like, Oh my God, like, here we go again, old feelings, you know, worrying about things I can't control and, you know, uh, minimizing progress and all the things that we do. So I'm wondering how much you might still struggle with, with, with uh, some of your past as well. Uh, I definitely still struggle with it. And I think I don't, I always worry about saying that to people because I don't want them to feel that there's no reason, like if you're still going to be struggling, why bother doing the work? Uh, and I think I've done enormous amount of work. I've worked, you know, I've, you know, I've been in therapy probably more of my life than not uh, in an effort to really kind of recover from what I experienced and, and not just get to a, an okay place, but to get to a good place where that I can, experience the love of my family in a way that I didn't even know love existed for most of my life. But I think the reality is, is that those of us who experience particularly childhood trauma, we've been scarred and there's nothing that can undo that scar. There is no magic eraser that can go back in time and erase it as if it didn't exist, as if it never happened. And I think, unfortunately, that's a really important thing to understand about the healing process is we, there is no undo button. That being said, we still have an enormous amount of, of growth and change that we can perform on ourselves to have a, a quality of life that is significantly higher than what you, would, what you normally experience from trauma. And what I mean by that, and I guess the best example of that is for the longest time, because of what I went through, I had disconnected from my emotions. The, the fear of experiencing something bad, because it happened so regularly while I was growing up, kind of forced my brain to just disconnect from all emotions whatsoever. And the downside of that was meant that I didn't get to enjoy the good things in my life. And what what really happened was, you know, maybe 10 years ago, 
I, I, I could look at my life. I could look at my wife. I could look at my kids. I could look at our family and know that we had something special and that, that this was really good. And yet I couldn't really feel it. I couldn't really enjoy it. And so I, you know, as I do, I went back into therapy and I really started working on that and was able to really build this connection to myself that kind of had been blocked and allowed me to really feel the love that I have with my family. And yes, I still have bad days and bad stretches and difficulties and challenges, but I have the good that I never used to have. And I think that's really what I try to help people to understand. You're not going to be able to undo or erase what happened to you. You're not going to be able to make it so that there's no impact on you as an adult, despite how much work that you do. But what you can do is you can open up a whole other aspect of your life that's able to enjoy and experience what is good and what feels good and what makes you happy. Uh, and even like even when we go to a concert or we go to a Broadway show or we go to a movie, my ability to enjoy that experience is so much more intense, which is amazing. And yeah, it's terrible that I don't that I'm still so kind of emotionally handicapped, so to speak, by what I've been through. But for the most part, if you look at me, you probably wouldn't know. And there are still all these amazing things that I am able to experience that I wasn't able to do before I did this work. That is exactly what I'm talking about right there. And I think you mentioned so so, so many key points. I mean, we we could talk for like a whole nother hour just about this alone, but I want to make sure that, you know, uh, that we get to your book. But what you mentioned too is so important because you're right. I mean, I, when I work with clients and things that I've written about, and I always talk on this podcast is to me, healing is a lifelong journey. Doesn't mean that you're stuck in survivor mode. Doesn't mean that you're miserable. Doesn't mean that you default to old unhealthy coping skills and you're uh, uh, unable to enjoy life and struggle all the time. But it means that you are, as you mentioned, being able to enjoy the good things and feel more alive and free and be mindful and fully present and be a part of your own life in such a way that even though you're going to struggle here and there, it doesn't keep you down as long. You're more resilient. You're more able to enjoy what's in front of you. So I just, I always, and I tell you, I mean, I don't judge anybody, but if somebody tells me they have completely 100% healed from childhood trauma, I kind of question it. Cause I'm like, well, so you're I'm, telling me you didn't you. struggle at all. Like you are completely 100%, maybe quote unquote normal, whatever that is. And so again, I'm not judging anybody, but when I hear that, I'm like, Hmm. So in any event, because yeah. I know I, mean, I'm I, don't, not... <laughs> I don't even know if you could do that and from a good childhood, you know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. <laughs> even if you grow up in a good childhood, you're going to have issues just because we're humans and we're raised by humans and interact with humans who affect us. So I'm, I'm with you on that one as well. Awesome. I love it. Cool. So let's get into the book that you wrote. And I think it's very fascinating. It's Fatherhood and 40-Minute Snapshot. So give us an idea of exactly what it is, um, why you wrote it, and uh, pretty much what it's about. Because I love the idea of writing while you're kind of traveling to work, right? Yeah. I mean, that's how it started. I, uh, when my kids were about one and a half years old, I was still I was commuting into the city every day. And it's a shockingly a 40-minute train ride. And so I would you know, sit on that train and I would start writing about things that were kind of troubling me with the kids or something happened in the morning and I didn't know what to do about it or 
this was really cool. I want to make sure I remember it and maybe share it with other people. And so I started just by writing these individual articles every day. And then before I knew it, I was writing all the time. Um, and, you know, a couple of years ago, I realized, you know, wait a second, I've got good 13 years of articles about my children and about my experiences as a dad. And it would be really great, I think, to be able to share that with people and give them another perspective of what being an involved dad is really like. And so that to me is kind of the goal of the book, right? I really want men and women, I want dads and moms to be able to see what an involved dad looks like. What are some of the the benefits of being an involved dad, both for the dad, but also obviously for the kids and for his partner. And I think that's what I was really trying to do in this book. It's broken up into different sections. So it's the things that we, you know, kind of big picture stuff that we deal with as parents. One is the getting prepared, getting ready. Two is bonding. Um, how do you connect with your child? There's a whole section on sleep issues because Lord knows that's not easy with kids. Um, so there's a whole bunch of things uh, so that you can kind of look at it uh, in pieces like, oh, I just need a little bite today. I just want to, I'm having issues with sleep. I just want to look at one of those articles or two of those articles on that. And the articles are one, two pages long. So it's a, a pretty easy read. Um, but, or you can read it all the way through and just sort of get a whole picture of the experience of, of parenting, at least up until the point that they're 15 years old. <laughs> I think it's so cool. And I'm, I'm interested in, in in the feedback that you've uh, received from your readers, and obviously, uh, you know, uh, your book has been uh, featured on many outlets, which I'll put in the show notes. But as you were writing this over the years and started to put together a book and realized uh, that this might be something that others could benefit from, I'm curious how putting this together over the years actually affected your parenting um, approach and, you know, maybe how it's changed it or altered it, or maybe uh, caused you to see things in a, in a different light. And I know it being a writer myself, like when I write, when I, when I look back, I see a shift in writing over, over time of, you know, different progresses I made, different insights, maybe, maybe changing my views on certain things. And I'm curious as to how this has affected your role, uh, you know, as a parent, as, as a spouse. And, you know, just because I think it's fascinating because I'm sure you've had more than a handful of, wow, really kind of moments, you know, as you've been writing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, for me, therapy has, is always like writing, like writing has, has always been therapeutic for me. And I enjoy, you know, there's many of these articles in the book that I didn't know where they would end up when I first started writing them. And, you know, because partly I was trying to figure out a, an issue I had, or maybe in the article, I'm able to show uh, how I was able to resolve an issue. Sometimes it was something I figured out. Sometimes it was something my wife was able to help me with. Um, you know, so I, the best example of that is just the, there's an article called Big Brown Eyes. And my son would follow me around. He was one and a half years old. And I was rushing to catch my train in the morning and he would follow me around. And every time I would turn, I would kind of like stumble over him. And it was so frustrating. And cause I, you know, I'm, I'm rushing to get to work and like, he's just like literally underfoot. And I was talking to my wife about it and she said, you know, he just wants to be with you. And it was just like such an obvious statement. And I just felt like such an idiot. 
but I was in that zone of like, I got to get ready for work, got to get ready for work, got to get ready for work, and was missing the opportunity that this presented myself. And then what the simple solution was just to get up a little bit earlier. And then I could have time with him and not feel stressed out. And so just, you know, just like being able to process that stuff through the writing and through my experience, I think definitely, you know, writing about things affected my perspective on it. But also as I've grown and all the work that I've done over the last 10 years, I feel like my writing is getting more and more, uh, I've always been very genuine in my writing. Uh, it's, I've always write from a first person style because I, I like the the feeling of talking to the reader. But as I've gotten more connected to myself emotionally, I'm finding that my writing has become more genuine and and kind of deeper in terms of sharing my true feelings about everything. Uh, and I, I like that. And I like that. I think it, I think it, it makes my, my writing a little bit more powerful. Uh, and actually I, I next year will be publishing my memoir, which will really cover the, the traumas I experienced as a kid and what I've done in my life to overcome them, which I hope can maybe be a blueprint for other people. Not that this is the right way to do it, but just as like, here are some ways that I was able to overcome what I've been through. Maybe those will work for you. So I'm I'm hoping to get that published uh, probably in the summer of 2019. Uh, and that book is called In My Rearview Mirror. I'm excited for that book to come out. And I think you're right. And it's always uh, the more tools we can have at our disposal to help us figure out parenting, life, being a dad, being a mom, whatever it is, because you're right. There's no necessarily one all perfect way to do it, but, you know, uh, taking bits and pieces of many different strategies and ideas and things you never really thought of and kind of forming your own little guidebook, so to speak, uh, in terms of being a parent and, and being part of a family is huge. And so I, I think it's really neat how, how this book just offers, um, little, uh, small sections and very, um, short digestible, uh, parts, you know, just reading for a couple of pages or a few paragraphs. Cause especially in this day and age when everybody's on the run, you know, we don't have time to sit down and read a book all the time, right. but you know, having, right. having exactly. So I, I love that this kind of little 40 minute snapshot of this happened, that happened. And then, uh, you know, too, just some, something else to kind of piggyback on a little bit is having that realization that you know, as you mentioned, you're, you're running around the house getting ready for work and you keep tripping over your kid and you're like, oh my God, oh my God. And then you're like, wait a minute, like how long have I been doing this and how long have I been missing out? And then we have to almost as, as trauma survivors, one of our default, um, coping skills is, is to shame ourselves and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Right. Exactly. So, so I'm curious too, if that's something that you kind of had to work through in those, in those moments, like you mentioned with realizing that just getting up early would solve the problem. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the one advantage I've definitely seen in myself is sort of once I have that mind shift, it's very easy for me to move forward in terms of actions, right? So like once I realized it, the next day I was up 10 minutes early, 15 minutes early, and it was fine. But the 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 trauma piece of it, right? The the shaming piece of it, like that that was there, right? That it thankfully doesn't seem to stop my behavior too much, but it just still churns through my brain, you know? Um, and I think that's, you know, I, I, I think one of the challenges of being a parent with with trauma is just 
you you want to spare your kids the effects of what you went through as a child yourself. And yet there is no way to really do that. I mean, I, I, I do as much work as I can. I am incredibly conscious uh, and, and try to be as incredibly conscious and aware of what I do and how I am with them. But, you know, the reality is there isn't much of my personality that hasn't been affected by what I went through as a kid. And so they get some sort of like uh, innocent bystander effects of that, you know, whether that is just me being moody sometimes or having difficult stretches or whatever it is. Um, And I, you know, what I end up trying to do is try to sort of when I'm present to be as present as humanly possible and hoping that that's really the foundation that I'm building in terms of my relationship with them, which I, I think it is. I think it is. I don't want to be too harsh on myself, right? Um, so I, you know, the the foundation that I'm laying with them in terms of unconditional love and acceptance, I think is is present, and so that when I have those bad days, that they don't think, oh, well, that's about me, or they don't, or you know, about themselves. They don't think that's about themselves. They don't think that they did something wrong to warrant that. They just go oh, daddy's in a bad mood or daddy had a rough day. And that's kind of the end of it, which is, I think, the best that I can hope for, frankly. You know, I just, we all have bad days. As long as they understand that my bad days are not because of them, unless it is, of course, but unless it's because <laughs> of them, I think that's good, you know. Um, but I do, I you know, the, the challenges of parenting when you had childhood trauma, I think are enormous. Just even in things like, you know, there were, there were times when they reached, because I have twins. So when they reached the age that when some of the trauma started to happen for me, that was very triggering, but I didn't know that, right. I just started getting triggered by being around them and didn't understand why it was happening. And it took me a little bit of time to realize, oh, crap, this is the age where it started for me. And that's why I'm freaking out, you know? Um, And just, you just never know. I mean, even now, like I'll do, you know, if one of my kids has trouble going to sleep at night, I'll sit and talk to them and we'll figure it out and I'll help them go to sleep. And I walk out of the room with this kind of sense of pride that I was able to be there for me in that difficult time, you know, when I was able to be there for them, sorry, in that difficult time, you know, that going to sleep is such a vulnerable state for people. And if I can help my kids get through that, I think that's great. And I feel a sense of pride about that. And then, but I also feel this like, well, why didn't anybody do that for me? What was wrong with me that that I wasn't good enough to try and, and be there for me in that way. And I, I know it's not my fault. I know it's my parents' fault, but, you know, it's this kind of double-edged, it's not really a sword, but this double-edged, you know, emotional difficulty with being a parent of children and wanting to be involved and present and knowing that at the same time, like if we were to line up my childhood and my kids' childhood and let them overlap each other, that their experience is just about the polar opposite of my experience and that I'm 
I'm happy for them and that's what I want for them and that's what I've been trying to provide them. But it also makes me sad that it's that they got this and I didn't. Not jealousy, but just, you know, it's like a, it still hurts a little bit from what I went through. And I still wish that I could have had that experience, but I didn't. And that's part of the loss of trauma that we deal with our entire lives. Yeah, it's so true. And you were talking about um, helping your helping your son to go to sleep, and uh, you know, kind of walking out saying, you know, you know, you know, obviously feeling a sense of pride as you mentioned. But then that, well, why didn't anybody do it for me? And I know one of my sons came to me. This was several years, yeah, I guess several years ago now, and he had been experiencing some form of of bullying in school. And it brought mm-hmm. up a lot of emotions because I, I mean, yeah. I had, I experienced emotions or excuse me, bullying like endlessly all through middle school. And so I had to, I was in this kind of quandary in my mind of like, I wanted to run away and hide because I never told anybody and I just internalized it. And, but I knew I had to help him. And then I was on the other side of let me go and kick this kid's butt or, you know, go yeah. like scream at yeah. his parents because of what they're doing yeah. to my kid. And so I had this weird kind of like just quandary in my head for lack of a better term of, I want to go run and hide because that's a triggering thing for me, but I can't let my kid go through this. And so that was a struggle, right? you know, like, yeah. like, yeah, a huge struggle. But it's great, right? Like you're able to see the two paths, right? Like that sort of the, the trigger of being, of what you went through as a kid and how that leads you down one path, but then being a healthy adult and being able to understand, yes, that's the path I want to go down, but I'm going to make the choice to go down my own path and be there for my son. That's pretty impressive, right? I mean, that's those are those moments where you look at yourself and go, okay, like, so the work I've done is paying off because I can't control the fact that the, the reaction happens to want to run, right? But mm-hmm. you can't control what you do with that. And that's, I think, what what the therapeutic and, and sort of self-healing work could gives us is, is an actual choice. Whereas without the therapeutic healing process, you're left with only one option, which is to run. And that's what a lot of people continue to do because they didn't get a chance to learn that there is another way. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that that is indeed evidence of healing. That's a win. That's something that you can celebrate. That's something you can say, yes, yeah. I'm making progress. So I love it. Yeah. Um, we should yeah. we should celebrate every little win like that. Isn't it? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That that's something yeah. I, I try and drive home with every client is I don't care how small you yeah. think it is, celebrate it. Yeah. Right. Write it down. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love it. So I guess uh the la- the last question here, because I know that I want to respect your time, is if I'm um a parent, a survivor of trauma. I'm a new parent. Maybe I have kids on the way. Maybe my kids are driving me nuts and I'm, and I'm just trying to figure out life and I'm being triggered all the time. If you have any uh, advice or thoughts that you can leave for anyone who's listening in that uh, scenario would probably be very helpful. I think the first thing is, you know, think about a therapist. I think finding a good therapist can give you an outlet to express just like what we were talking about. That, that initial reaction of wanting to run because of a bully, right? That is not because you're, you were weak or because you were a failure as a parent. No, that was because of what you experienced as a kid. And 
But by doing the work, you were given an op, you, you essentially gave yourself this other option to be able to say, okay, I see that I'm scared, but I understand why I'm scared. And I know what to do about that and how to take care of myself. Now, having kind of put that in a place and put it up on a shelf and respected that that's how your experience, you now can then say, okay, but this is what I'm going to do as an adult, as someone who loves my child and wants to be there for them. And I think therapy is really powerful in helping us be able to get to that place, to understand why we react in the way that we do because of our childhood. And I think once we begin to understand that, again, that's that self-understanding, self-awareness I talked about in the beginning. Once we understand that, then we start to be able to give ourselves options in terms of how we want to respond. And I think that's the biggest thing because being a parent of kids is triggering just generally, right? We just all have issues and kids manage to push our buttons all the time totally by accident, sometimes on purpose when they're teenagers, but mostly by accident when they're younger. And so we need to have a little bit of a repertoire to be able to handle those situations. When you're a traumatized person who experienced trauma as a young child, it's just so much harder. And that doesn't mean that you can't do it. I think I'm proof of that. Matt's proof of that, right? But that you need to give yourself that chance, the time and the space for healing. And a lot of that starts with a good therapist. A lot of that can start with reading other people's experiences. Um, you know, I'd like to think that my book, Fatherhood in 40 Minute Snapshots, can be a way to see, oh, okay, so there's a way to be a parent even though you've been through trauma in your past. And I think you just want to prepare as early as you can in terms of getting yourself to a more comfortable place, to a safer place, to a place where you have a choice in the actions that you take instead of having to take the actions that you were trained to as a child through your trauma. What a perfect way to end the show, Jeremy. Thanks so much for coming on. Your your, your wisdom, your insight um, is just incredible. I've enjoyed talking with you. Uh, before we go, though, uh, let everybody know where they can find your book, uh, more about your work, and um, in case they're interested in possibly working with you or wanting some more information. Yeah, the best place to go is my website, jgs.net. So my initials are Jeremy G. Schneider. So it's jgs.net. And there you can find the book. You can find ways to contact me. Um, I'm always posting new research about parenting and anxiety and depression and, and trauma recovery on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook. So you can get all of that on my website as well. Um, and I look forward to hearing from you. And Matt, I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you sharing your story, and I'm really honored to be part of your program. Thanks for listening to Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Information shared on this podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only and is not a substitute for or supersedes professional medical help or mental health counseling. Thank you again to my sponsors, inlpcenter.org and Daily Recovery Support. I hope you'll consider checking them out as they've joined forces to help keep the lights on here at the podcast and help Beyond Your Past reach as many as possible with a message of hope. If you'd like to learn more about working with me as your coach, or if you're curious about what life coaching is and how it might be right for you, then head on over to beyondyourpast.com and claim your free one-hour session where we can talk about the struggles in your life in the areas of anxiety and trauma recovery and see if coaching might be a great fit for you. 
Thanks again for listening, and I do hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share it with all your friends. See you next time.